BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get started, this episode is sponsored by Every Plate, America's best value meal kit. Every Plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping with no hidden fees. Max and I love it. It makes cooking great food so easy. If you want to try, you can get $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code REALPOD149. So get started with Every Plate today for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code REALPOD149. Welcome to RealPod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. I have been waiting to have this guest on the podcast for such a long time. Like many of you, I just love this lady. She is a queen. She's inspiring. She's down to earth. And she's truly making a difference in the world. I'm talking about Alicia McCarville. Alicia McCarville is a TikTok phenomenon whose content centers around primarily being a different size than your partner and living in a different body than your partner. And what does that relationship look like? What does your relationship look like with yourself, with food? And I just can't tell you how special this episode was. The whole point of this podcast is to have people on who can share their experiences and their stories in a tremendously vulnerable way and hopefully inspire others. And if there was an episode and an interview that I felt like really encapsulated that, it is today's conversation with Alicia. There were so many times I had chills that my eyes were watering that I wanted to give up and give her a hug, but I was like, I have to stay behind the microphone. But she is amazing. And I'm so grateful you clicked on this episode because you will surely be inspired. And if you want to check out Alicia, which I highly recommend you do, she's one of my favorite followers on Instagram. You can find her at Alicia McCarville. Before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to Liv Loves Tennis. Hi, Liv. Thanks for the five-star review. Liv said, as an athlete struggling with injury, depression, and eating struggles right now, RealPod has given me uplifting and inspiring content to listen to every week. RealPod content has allowed me to start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and has encouraged me to seek help and build a better me. A must listen. Liv, this is literally so sweet. And I know that you are going to love today's episode because it is just that. And I want to thank you so much for all your support of the show. And thank you to each and every one of you listening today. It means the world. You can leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and you might be the special shout out on next week's episode, or you can leave a rating wherever you listen. Thanks again for tuning in. And without further ado, we're going to dive into this conversation with Alicia McCarville. Alicia McCarville, like, holy fucking shit. I'm so glad you're on my podcast right now. I am so excited to be here. Like, I don't think I can genuinely (laughs) express how excited I am. I am actually was so touched when you like, obviously, everyone loves you. It's a given like your content's amazing. You're amazing. When you then like followed me back or something, I thought like I got the the blessing from like (laughs) a legend. Like I was so touched. (laughs) Honestly, it's so funny as a content creator, like 
I find so much joy in other content creators and you just have a presence about you that just brings me joy when I listen to you speak and talk about things like it's a real like I'm talking to a best friend that like I just have never actually met. (laughs) I have been also obsessed with your learning sports series. Oh my gosh, so good. Oh my God, I'm so glad you love that. That so came out good. Of nowhere. It was just getting ready for the Super Bowl. And I was like, so many girls don't understand football. And it is not that freaking hard if someone can just explain it right. Yes, explain it properly because <laughs> no offense to men, but there's more than just ball in the end yeah. zone. Like there's more details. I think what they do is they forget how complex it is that they can't just be like, and it's a it's in the end zone. What's the end zone? They've yeah. never heard Let's that word start before. from the beginning. Yeah. 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 No. So good. It's my one of my favorite series of yours. So wait, remind me you're you guys picked up your you're traveling. You're away. Yeah. You, so, you sold your house. <laughs> we moved. So we literally we were renters. Probably will be renters for I our, saw our your life hot right take now. on this. Yeah. So, I mean. I love that I don't have to deal with anything like that sounds so but my landlord deals with it all so if something happens to the house the landlord is in charge of it we're doing lots of traveling right now so I don't we have a particular thing that we would like to build our own home one day but I want to be like settled when we're building our own home I don't want to be traveling and dealing with like a builder calling me while I'm nowhere near my house that's being built and like help out with that so we've been renters but we just we were in a place that we loved and then our landlord decided they were going to sell it and we'd only been there for a year and it was very tragic because it was the first space that I think we both really felt was enough space and was a very homey space and we really made it our own. So we just moved into a new place from that place, which we love, but we haven't been there long because we were planning on coming to LA for the entire month of March. So we moved in and two weeks later, we were here for the month of March. So we're not really settled there yet. And being in L.A., that's just to come out and do a mix of work and pleasure. Yeah. So I struggled last year for the first time with seasonal depression. And I've gone from like my history is working the typical nine to five, working too many hours, but around lots of people in our winters on the east coast of Canada are dark and dreary and not great. But you you forget about those things when you're getting up at eight o'clock in the morning and you're traveling to work and you're seeing people that bring you joy. And because of this new space that I'm in, which I'm so grateful for, it's completely different. You're not surrounded by 20 people every single day who are helping your brain be activated. And it's just completely different. So last year, I really struggled through the winter, just not being around people, not starting my days early, not, it was not wonderful. So this year we just decided that I we were going to be able to prioritize my mental health. And we just picked the worst month of my seasonal depression last year, which was March. And we were like, we're just not going to be in the snow. It's giving me so much comfort that you say that because I even I mean, I get to live in L.A., which I'm so lucky to do. And I still am like. I mean, I love when I get to walk into the Dear Media studio and talk to other humans. Otherwise, I I mean, I have days where I'll say bye to Max. He comes home at six and I'm like, I didn't go outside. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just and it. I think, again, it's a very privileged conversation to have. But again, one that a lot of people are tiptoeing around having because it is wonderful what I get to do It is very cool what I get to do. So to see my life online and think like, what do you have to be sad about? Like, great question. I would like that also answered. However, I'm the one that's struggling with it. Like I'm going through it. So last year I did it silently and I didn't really talk about it. And then I just decided I'd share the majority of my life. Why would I choose not to share that part with things? And my content changed and what I was sharing changed. And people were noticing that it wasn't as joyful and it wasn't as good. And I was just like, you know what? I need to just be honest that like it doesn't really matter how great things are. Like your life changes, your mental health changes, what you're going through changes. And that's why this year we were like, fuck it. The funny thing about invalidating one's emotions is I can talk to anyone with a range of shit that they've been through and every single person can find a, but you know, I'm, I, I get to be here at this coffee with you or, but, but at least, you know, the X, Y, Z next worst thing didn't happen. And it's like, we have to be able to have the perspective of the privilege and the differences that we experience in contrast to what someone else experiences. But like we all, everyone has their 
problems in their shit. And I would never look at someone else and say, oh, but you have such a nice house. You yeah. don't deserve to feel sad. I would never say that yeah. to someone. But we say it to ourselves mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And I think for me, too, like I had this idea of what I thought depression was and what I thought seasonal depression was. And I thought, like, I've been through worse. Like, we've not been able to pay bills before. Like, we've been struggling before, but I was never depressed. And then here I am doing what I love every day, helping people change their relationships with their bodies. I'm in the most fulfilling part of my job, of my relationship, of my friendships. And I'm sad. And I'm just like, like, in my mind, last year was like when I realized that there's no explanation. Like, there's no way to divvy it up and cut it out and figure it up there it is what it is and like learning I am lucky enough that I could choose to leave and it genuinely has been a blessing to just be able to like start my days earlier enjoy the sun and spend like obviously one-on-one time with Scott like and that's incredible but it's just different. And was, I was with Sarah, the bird's papaya this week, and she made a comment how people talk about, we have the same 24 hours in a day. We do, but it's different in certain places. We like, definitely tw- it's, don't it's the all same have the 20, same. It's the yeah. same 24 hours, but what happens and where you are and what your your abilities are and your, like, all it's completely different. And I've just been healthier since being here for a month. And, like, I'm very grateful that we chose to do it because it's just been incredible. And I think the biggest piece of that that everyone can pull from is like you recognized a pattern or something that wasn't healthy or great for you. And then you said, okay, how can I make a change? And when I was struggling with depression as a college volleyball player, no, I couldn't change my environment. I Mm -hmm. couldn't leave the team. I couldn't, maybe I could have, but I would have had the same struggle either way. But it's like, how can you even make little changes of like, doing that five minutes of mindfulness before you walk into said environment or connecting with the one person in the office or the classroom who like actually gets you and makes you feel seen as a person instead of hanging out with people who always make you feel like shit. So I think this lesson, like it really does apply to everyone. What's interesting is how your life has changed so much with this whole career change and just the industry you're in now. So did you have a plan to get onto TikTok and kind of have a forward thought of what this could become or like what was your first viral video no the easiest answer is no I didn't anticipate that this is what it was going to become the first viral video was back when the sounds were like my boyfriend's 10 times hotter than me check and I was looking at these videos and it's the very beginning of the pandemic and these couples are posting videos and by beauty standards it's these traditionally beautiful people like I'm talking like 10 out of 10 both the male and the female in the videos that I was watching are like beautiful people but then in the comment section it's like no she's uglier than him no like he's uglier than her and I'm like you guys are delusional like why are we even having this conversation and I was like well if you want to see a couple that doesn't make sense by beauty standards I'll show you and we've dealt with this for the majority of our relationship I got into university and put on my freshman 15, which was a freshman 50. And like my relationship with movement changed drastically. I put on my weight pretty quickly. I was like 21 when I gained most of my weight. So since 21, I've lived most of my life in a, in a plus size body. So I'm, I know how people look at us. He, since the age of 13, has been in a gym exercising, moving for strength and building his body in strength training. So we differ in body size. So I made the video of my boyfriend's 10 times hotter than me check and then corrected it to husband because we're married at this time. And it was based, I wholeheartedly exploited him. And it was me in the front of the video and him in the background with all of like the hottest photos that I could find of him, like with his shirt off, doing funny things, just like looking (laughs) beautiful. Right. You're playing up the bit of the sound. Yeah. Yeah. So I like used it and then I sent it to him and I was like, this is going to go viral. And he's like, no, it's not. And I was like, yes, it is. And then one night my sister texted me. She was like, oh, my God, the video has like 100,000 views. And like I had videos. I had like posted two other videos that had like 120 people that had seen them. I was like, wow. And then just through the night we woke up two days after that video and had 56,000 followers. And it made it to the not so great side of TikTok, which is like valid. Which, you know what? It does. But then it quickly gets off of it. Yes, it does. It's funny. I always tell myself when I'm on that side of TikTok, I'm like, just wait, because then you get the next crowd that comes to defend you. And then you're just sitting there like my video's getting boosted. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So and any of my videos that have gone viral 
have unfortunately made it to the, to the rough side of TikTok. But I also think that like that's still visibility. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's still me being visible to people. So, but yeah, it blew up and there was just people in the comments being like, my husband's different size than me too. And I, I don't know how to like manage that or I didn't know there were so many of us out there and like we're high school sweethearts. So like we have a, a like a disgustingly cute story on top of that. So it's like one of those things that and it just blew up and people were like, we want to see your relationship. I was like, OK, and didn't really con- get his consent when we first started. <laughs> and then it just spiraled from there. And since then, we woke up one Sunday morning and I was like, I guess this is a thing. And I'm very much about like making things happen for yourself, like choosing the things that you want to do. And I had lost just lost my job previously, like 10 months before that. So I was like turning 30 unemployed. I got this viral video on TikTok and I was like, well, I will kick myself in the ass if I don't take this seriously. I have an opportunity to like have an impact. I'm going to do it. So we like picked our pillars of what we wanted to kind of build our content around And just since that day have stuck to those pillars when it comes to like ad content and content that we put out together and content that I do with other people. And it has just grown exponentially. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. When people ask me what I credit for my recovery slash healing journey when it comes to my mental health. As you know, I struggle with depression and anxiety in college. The very, very first thing that comes to mind is therapy. It was so instrumental in just helping me work through everything that I was going through. And I still go now. I literally went yesterday. And therapy is just all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding. Because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. And BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. The great thing about BetterHelp is it's entirely online, so it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge, which is kind of like dating. Like If you have your first appointment and you're like, "Mm, we don't really vibe, I want something a little bit different, you can do that no problem. Plus, I've been thinking a lot about boundaries in my life, how important it is to set them and really just set yourself up for success, whether you're setting boundaries with friends and family or just in your life so that you can make things easier. And that's one of the most important coping skills I learned from therapy. So discover your potential with BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com slash realpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, better, H-E-L-P, dot com slash real pod today to get 10% off your first month. Okay. If you're like me, you have a lot going on sometimes, and then you can sense your body, like not rebelling, but just kind of like depleting. I'm getting a headache. I'm feeling tired. You need to make sure that you are doing a good recovery. And one of my favorite ways to replenish and specifically replenish electrolytes is by drinking element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix. Seriously, have the orange flavor, one of my faves. And Element can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. And y'all, I swear, I feel it. Max and I will frequently at night be like, do you want an Element? I need an Element. Great. And we make it for each other. Element is used by everyone from NBA, NFL, and NHL players I mean, when you sweat, the primary electrolyte lost is sodium. Athletes can lose up to seven grams per day. And when sodium is not replaced, it's common to experience cramps and fatigue. So right now, Element is offering RealPod listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets for free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash RealPod. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to Drink Element. That's D R I N K L M N T dot com slash real pod. So, the tough thing about your situation, maybe in the beginning, is like you see this potential and what this can become for you. But with the fact that it's going to be polarizing for this demographic, and that if you pursue this, it's going to take an emotional toll. Yeah. What's that been like? I mean, if you would have 
if it would have happened to me three years prior to this viral video, I wouldn't have had the confidence and the relationship with my body to have done it. Luckily for me, I knew when my video blew. I knew what I was doing when I used the sound. I knew what I was doing when I put us out there. I know what I'm doing when I show our content to certain people. I understand what is going to come along with it. But I also understand that there are other people, there are more people living in these types of relationships than there are not. Like everybody feels disproportionate to their partner somewhere, whether that's in your size or that's in how much money you're making or your job. Like there's just so many ways that we feel that. I'm just a visual representation of that. So I was kind of prepared of what was going to come to it. And I also think when you're looking to educate people and teach people, that is part of it. Like, I know that that was going to make people uncomfortable. I have lived that my entire life. I know what people think. I know when we're at restaurants together and people are looking or they ask for like, is it one bill or two? And like, I clearly have a wedding band on my finger. Like I know, and we've dealt with that for a long time. That would just piss me off. Yeah. And I mean, it happens, but I also am empathetic to the fact that I've been meaner to myself than anybody on the internet is ever going to be. Mm, I've said meaner things. I've done worse things. I am the person that is in the back of my head all of the time saying, you don't deserve this. You shouldn't be wearing that. You can't pull that off. You can't. And I've always been that person. And I think that that's pretty normal for most people. So yeah, if you're not going to be creative and trying to offend me, chances are you're not going to be mean enough. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you're either going to make me laugh or it's not going to really have an impact. What's super cool about your relationship and what you can speak to is how when we're going to be with someone for our life, like we're going to go through changes and adjustments and whether it's finances, whether it's losing parents, whether it's just changing careers. So I was curious, kind of entering this conversation, you guys started as high school sweethearts. What was the evolution like through you having your own relationship with your body and with food and then also having this relationship with Scott? Yeah. This is a deep question because we do get this all the time. Like, first and foremost, Scott is the most supportive partner in the entire world. And I'm not just saying that because he's sitting right here next to me. But (laughs) genuinely, anything that I say that I want to do for myself, he is going to support me. He's going to have a great conversation with me about my whys. And he's going to support what I do. So when I'm navigating my relationship with my body, we met when we were 16 when I had... I didn't know what my body was, you know, like I didn't think that mattered when we were kids and it didn't matter when we were kids. We were best friends that like randomly kissed one night and then decided that we were going to have a relationship and it has just gone from there. So I'm very lucky because it I didn't enter the our relationship under any idea that he was with me for my body or for my looks or for the, it was just always because he was my best friend. And then from there, then the world just takes over. I, I got into university and like I said, my relationship with movement changed. Therefore my relationship with my body changed and I started gaining weight. And that's when I felt betrayed by my body all the while. He's still there, still cheering me on, still loving me. So, so my question there is obviously we're in this place now where we have all this language around health at every size, the body positive movement, like we have that back then we didn't. So in your relationship, like if you're playing into this narrative that you need to lose weight and change your body, is Scott then like supporting you in that? And he's supporting me in anything that I'm doing. Like he's in the gym. Never like you need to lose weight more like like everybody, like you need to move your body. You need to find ways that you love. And there's moments to like, because it gets worse. Like I, I was originally going to the gym, like once I stopped moving my body in the fun way, this is the way I explain it. Everybody's like, well, you're fat. So you need to go to the gym and lose weight. I never went to the gym to learn how to strength train. And he was always the person being like, okay, you need to get off the treadmill. You need to learn how to like strength train. Like you need to learn how to like do more things for your body than just that. And then I'm so psycho obsessed with being thin and doing like I need to lose weight and be a part of that. And then he's just the most supportive and kind person. Like we he followed me through that. I did a bikini competition. I lost like pretty close to 100 pounds, stepped on stage at like 127 pounds. 
and was like, okay, I still do not like myself. So this whole idea that thinness was going to bring me this blissful joy about my body was like, okay, not all the while I'm thin, but I still don't like my body. That's a, impacting our relationship because I'm not allowing me him to love me the way that he wants to love me because if I don't love myself, how could you possibly love me? Mm-hmm. And we're just like navigating that whole world. world. Meanwhile, I'm so blind to the fact that he loved me when I was my biggest at the beginning of university and I'm 127 pounds and none of that has changed. His reach for me hasn't changed. His love for me hasn't changed. But how I allow him to love me has most definitely changed. And he stuck through that, which I'm extremely grateful for because it that is the hardest part, I think, about navigating your body and being with somebody who you've been with. There's nothing he could have said and done because I it's a similar relationship to like a parent is like, you have to tell me you love me. We've been together for six years. You have to tell me you love me. You have to tell me I look good. So when it's coming from somebody that's so close into it, you kind of like forget that sometimes you need to just allow yourself to be seen through the lens of your partner's eyes and remember that everybody's lenses are completely different. And often ours are the most foggy and ours are the most diluted. Whereas I had somebody who just all he wanted was like for me to be happy and healthy and to love myself. And I finished that competition. And like most people who get into bikini competitions, I learned nothing about a relationship with the gym. I learned nothing about relationship with food. It was all or nothing, nine months. And I put back on all my weight and then I had to start all over again. And that's when he stepped in and was like, why don't you try powerlifting with me? Because he was doing powerlifting. And the beautiful thing about Scott is he'll never force you to do anything you don't want to do, but still miraculously finds a way to convince you that it's probably the best thing for you. Mm -hmm. So we started doing powerlifting in that setting. And it was the first time I was leaving the gym being like, holy shit, like, I like this. Right. Like, holy crap, like, look what my body is capable of. I had spent so much time just trying to make it small that I forgot, like, there's strong, there's endurance, there's flexibility, there's mental health. There's so many other reasons to be stepping foot in a gym. And he completely altered the course of my relationship with movement by taking me to do powerlifting because it didn't matter what you looked like. It mattered what you were lifting. And instead of being infatuated on the number of a scale, I was infatuated with the numbers that were on my barbell and like that's a completely different type of infatuation you leave empowered you leave you leave feeling good and that's kind of when my relationship with movement changed and then my relationship with my body kind of followed suit with that once I started treating it with a little bit of respect it's interesting thinking back on what you've been through with your body and food and when it when I think about myself it comes up for me as well as like just the way that my life or relationships were impacted based on like directly how I'm feeling and then like me projecting that onto the situation and building something up in my head or not wanting to go to a restaurant because they didn't have something that I wanted to eat or calories listed on the menu because I was very strict about what I was eating. Yeah. Like how did what you were struggling with affect how you showed up in your life? I didn't show up. And I think that like that's very important to say. I chose not to to do a lot of things because of my body. And I tell the story and this is the moment like things really changed for us, for me, for my body. We went to the beach. We went to Florida one year. And this is after I started talking to myself properly. This is after I started moving my body in ways that I liked. I was already kind of on the way to what I call recovery with my relationship with my body. And I was like, nobody's going to know me in Florida. I'm going to buy myself a bathing suit. And I hadn't been to the beach in probably 12 years. And all of those 12 years I have spent with my husband, which means that he also hadn't been to the beach with me in 12 years. And we went with two of our close friends. The third day there we go. I get into the bathing suit that I bought at Walmart that I we sat in the change room while I tried on probably 900 bathing suits to find one that I felt comfortable enough in to wear. And we spent like two and a half hours in the water, like in Florida. The it, the water was so warm. The waves were incredible. We just had a blast. And it wouldn't have mattered then what anybody said to me. I was just having such a blissful, joy-filled day that 
we got back to a friend's place that we were staying at and I got in the shower and I just sobbed. I was angry. I was upset. I was disappointed. I was frustrated. I had spent a long time not doing that in fear of 12 years. Yeah. In fear of not. I, I, I'm pretty sure I have the photo of the last time we were out on the beach together and I'm like in a t-shirt. I'm in like a baggy t- I don't even have a bathing suit on. I'm in like a baggy t-shirt and long shorts. And I it was like this eye opening moment that nothing bad happened to me. What was I worried about? And then it was also the moment that when you're in that a lot of people have their epiphanies and their moments alone. I had mine with my husband. And then I was like, fuck, 12 years. And it's not just you. You literally have missed out on 12 years of doing this with your partner, like with your best friend, which means they've missed out on this with you. And like, who am I to make that decision for him? That's so unfair and so selfish. And I just was so angry. And that was kind of the moment that I was like, okay, this isn't just about you anymore. Like, and it never really has been, but I've always and was so like tunnel vision. This is about me. This is how I feel about my body. And I just got into this vicious cycle of thinking about how many times did I not take a picture that I just don't and won't have it for the rest. I have years, probably like two and a half years of my life where I genuinely couldn't give you a photo of anybody. My friends, my family, me, how many birthday parties or downtown nights did I not go to with my friends that they thought that I didn't want to be there for them when I just couldn't. And it brings a lot of grief every time we're on a beach, like every time we do something together that I know I didn't allow us to. The privilege of having a partner for 16 years is getting to spend 16 years with them. And then when you look back and realize that you were the cause that for part of those years you didn't do as much as you could or experience as much as you should have, it's really sad. And that experience was like where I decided that I was never going to allow my body to be the reason why I didn't show up for the people in my life Mm -hmm. and then from that on out I have just said yes I started a journal that I've coined my love me journal and every day I would write in it it's just from the dollar store and I would just write about everything that had to do with me that had nothing to do with my body so I would after a tough day at work I'd be like you really handled that upset customer really well love me or I you did a really good job during your workout today love me And all of a sudden, I just had, like, this list of, like, things that were about me that had nothing to do with my body. Like, the reasons why people want me in photos. The reason why people want me at their birthday parties. The reasons why I deserve to go to the beach and take care of myself. And it was literally life-changing. And now I want to do everything. I have the inability to say yes to things because I'm too afraid to have to say no to things. And it's a very cool place to live in when I my first thought isn't what how am I going to look? And like when I finally got out of that cycle, just the fear of failure, the fear of being perceived one way finally was not as scary as the fear of missing out on it. I'm missing and not having those memories or not having those photos. And it just took me almost 20 seven years to get to that point. I can tell through your storytelling, your career now and your dedication to like recovering your relationship with food in your body that you're probably pretty hard on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I think too, like, I think the way that this comes across, like this is a part of it. And I hope that people feel the grief that I feel because there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in the entire world to grieve every time you do something that you know you haven't done because of your body. Once you get to this blissful place, and I truly feel like I'm in such a good place with my body, you feel these overwhelming waves of grief because you're like, shit. Mm-hmm. Had I have only gotten here when I was 25, had I only have gotten here when I was 22, how many other experiences and things could I have done? Like, 
obviously it's not about living in the past, but I think grief is a very important feeling that we don't talk enough about. And for me to tell people that, sure, you get to this blissful moment and everything's great is a lie because you get to this blissful moment where you're finally not holding yourself back. But with that comes the realization of all of the things that you've missed out on, of all of the things you've chosen not to be. And you feel silly and you're definitely like disappointed because it's like nothing bad happened. Mm -hmm. So what would have happened if I would have gone to the beach 12 or years earlier than that what if I just would have allowed myself those pockets of joy sooner would I have experienced more so now it's more so like honoring that grief but also understanding that that's not the world I live in any anymore and everything that you've been through even the times you look back on now and you're whether you're disappointed in yourself or you wish it was different the beauty in it is it that those are the 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 perfect in their own way things that are the reason that you're here today doing the work you're doing. Yeah. And I am a firm believer, like for myself, that everything happens for a reason. And I do work really hard to like take the lessons from the things that I do experience. But I don't, I think, again, I had this vision of getting to a place and living blissfully. But then with that, with that excitement also comes just what did I miss out on? Like, who did I disappoint? And you never want to do that. And I am, there's nobody in my life that I've ever shown up for 110%. And then my nephew was born. And like, that was like a whole new, a whole new thing to open up because I, he will be the only person in my life going forward that I know and can 100% say that I showed up for no matter what. And like, that's a pretty cool, yeah, I don't think he'll think it's cool when he's like 16, but for, for me now. And Alicia's the coolest. Yeah, for me now, it's pretty cool because he. I can genuinely say he's the only person in my life that never once going to be a part of things, never once when he asks me to get on the ground or to do something with him, do I think about my body? I think about his joy. And like, I'm sure that that's an odd thing anyways. But I also just know for me that like, I get to give that to him and I've never been able to give that to anybody. Something else too, and I'm I'm sure you realize this because of how smart you are, like the the you also grew up in a world that told you that your body and how you looked was the most important thing and was the reason you shouldn't go to the party and was the reason you shouldn't be at the beach. And like and that we're so impressionable and we're so brainwashed by it. How was I supposed to know at 1920 that Everything that was being taught to me and fed to me was actually fucking wrong and just trying to profit off of me. And like, even when I have the thoughts come up now of like, whether the toxic food thoughts or the body thoughts, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like, we live in a world that has done everything it can to put that voice in my head. Yeah, we we didn't. It's the one education we did not sign up for. Mm -hmm. We did not sign up to be taught all of these things. And like the problem with being taught things is that in order to not, you have to unlearn them. And it's a lot of effort yeah. to like invest that time in unteaching yourself these things that you've just ed- ed- subliminally been taught for the majority of your life. And that's why I think the grief part is important is like if I can scare you with how sad I am on the things that I missed out on, then you need to start saying yes to the things that scare you because yeah. those are the things that I don't get to have. We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of my favorite sponsors, Athletic Greens. I cannot stress enough how specifically AG1 by Athletic Greens is something that I drink every single morning, not only because it has amazing benefits for me. It's made with 75 super high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients that deliver benefits like mood, immune system, sleep support, sustained energy, and so much more. But also, and most importantly, Athletic Greens is so intentional with their language and what they promote. And their biggest message is that AG1 is an addition to your life as it is. You don't have to alter your diet, track anything. Athletic Greens is just trying to make giving your body the most important nutrients easy, simple, and accessible. I cannot say enough about AG1. Like I said, I drink it every single morning. I actually use the shaker that came with my very first order. So I put the water in, water first, pro tip. And then I do a scoop of the powder. I shake, 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 shake. And then bam, I down that. I drink that. I prefer it in the morning on an empty stomach before I have breakfast. 
And I seriously tell everyone about it. Cannot say enough about AG1 by Athletic Greens. I'm so excited to share that if you are interested, you can head to athleticgreens.com slash realpod where Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. A free one-year supply of vitamin D. I mean, who doesn't love, want, need that? And then five free travel packs, which are amazing. I love the travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash realpod. That's athleticgreens.com slash realpod. Check it out. Wait, oh my gosh, you guys, I am so excited about this sponsor. Please keep listening because I legitimately use this in my own life. Now they sponsor RealPod. This is so cool. Okay, Mother's Day is coming up. And if you want the literal best gift, look no further. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. So what StoryWorth is, is you sign up And then every week, StoryWorth will email your loved one a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of options. There's so many. Like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Tell me about the first time you fell in love. What's the best advice you were ever given? And then after one year, StoryWorth will compile your loved one's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I mean, is this not the coolest thing ever? I often think like, I love my parents so much and I've heard so many of their awesome stories, but like they're not written anywhere. And it's simple because you, they just sit down once a week, they write the answer. And then at the end of the year, you have this amazing book. I actually gifted this to my mom for a mother's day two years ago and we loved it. So give all the moms in your life a unique heartfelt gift you'll cherish for years to come. That's story worth right now for a limited time. You'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash realpod, that's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H.com slash realpod to save 10% on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash realpod. I'm curious how your communication with Scott has evolved throughout your healing because with Max, I know that like I've had to set certain certain boundaries for me, like for me to feel really comfortable in my relationship with food and also with my husband. It's just really important that he doesn't make comments about what I'm eating like ever. Like that to me is so, so important because otherwise my, it's like my emotional eating voice starts to creep back in of the judgment of, well, you shouldn't eat that because you just ate this and he saw you eat that. And if he makes a comment, like just reminds me of growing up. So for me, that's been something I've had to communicate in order to feel safe in this relationship. So what is it like with Scott? Is he allowed to comment on your body? Is he allowed to comment on what you're eating? What's, how does he support you without, because even for me to let Max support me, it almost scares me because I'm like, of course he supports me. But if I let him come in and like give me the words of encouragement, I'm like, oh wait, now he's in it. He might say something wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I completely, I think too, like we are lucky enough that we've been together for a long time that communication and trust, like two most important things in any relationship, like genuinely the two things that have gotten us through. And then I say humor because I think laughing is very important, not taking yourself so seriously. But obviously our communication skills have grown significantly throughout our relationship. But I think when we talk about communication with our partner, we're talking about just talking about our relationship. But I think we undervalue setting boundaries in our relationship that have nothing to do with our partner. I don't how he speaks about my food has nothing to do with him. It has to do with me. And like, I think sometimes we forget how important that is. We've grew up in two very different homes. We have this conversation all the time where I'm like, you can't comment on my plate if I leave food on it. I'm an overeater. My history is with binge eating. And yeah, so if I have a dinner plate there and I leave food on it, I've had to say, like, you can't comment on it. Like, you can't tell me that I'm leaving food there because I will just eat it. Like, then I will go back and I will eat it and that'll make me uncomfortable. But I think, too, there's so much power in having your partner involved in what you're thinking about. Like, when I was going through my bikini competition, he wasn't involved in my thought process. I didn't communicate with him how I was feeling about my body. And that's why when people are like, oh, but you were hurting yourself. And he, but like he didn't see that. He didn't hear any of that stuff. I didn't tell him how bad I was feeling about my body. He saw the things that I wanted him to see. He saw the things I told him about. And like now the beauty of sharing how I feel with my body now with him is I'm very open with how I'm feeling. Like if we're going to get dressed or ready, I'm like, 
I'm having a bad body day. Like immediately I'm like, I'm having a bad body day. So getting me dressed is going to be a struggle today. I just need your patience for that. Mm -hmm. Like I need you to understand that. And I, we're in a good spot now, but that came with me being in a relationship. Like once I learned how I felt about my body, then it was a lot easier for me to communicate with him on how I was feeling about my body. But yeah, we set those boundaries every once in a while. Like I don't mind comments about like my body in a sense of like, you look nice today or like like <laughs> I don't uh, mind if he says damn girl yeah, and grab that ass. <laughs> yeah like th- those things don't and but he would never and that's just kind of always been a boundary but our relationships has always been around my relationship with my body like that has definitely always been impacted with it but yeah like most of his stuff that he where he tests his boundaries is when we're at the gym and we're like lifting heavier doing things so I'll be like is that all you're gonna lift or like I'll be like I want to lift this and be like you're gonna hurt yourself that's where we don't necessarily have boundaries but that's like the fun, right. fun place to like be in and play in a sense but yeah no we're both open books and I have no problem being like yeah you can't say that again or that made yeah. me uncomfortable because and I I think that's so much easier for me and him than it is sometimes for like friendships and stuff to have those conversations. But boundaries have been a blessing in my life. And I'm so glad that you're so vocal about it and that you found it works for you because our partner we're going to be with pretty much every day. Mm -hmm. We have to eat every single day. We have to get dressed probably every single day, like all these potential triggers. And then this person there, like it is important to talk about it. And I'm at a place too with Max. If I'm having like a bad body image day or something like I might be like seeking a compliment from him because it does make me feel a little bit better. But then this is probably something you and I can relate to is that like people will ask me how much of your unconditional love for your body and your like body neutrality and your ability to like comes from having a guy with you already (sighs) who who says that he loves you wholeheartedly because like if you were single, would you post what you post? and I'll let you answer. I find this funny. Like, I understand the concept that this question comes from, but we've been together since we were 16 years old. I hated myself the majority of that time. So if love, having a loving partner was what solved all or made all better, I wouldn't have spent years of my life hating my body. Mm-hmm. So it yes and no. Does having a partner make it easier certain days to hype me up and put me in the headspace that I need to be in to do what I want to do? Sure. But him being around didn't stop me from going down awful cycles with exercise. It didn't stop me from making unhealthy choices for my body. At the end of the day, I did that. And yeah. and I say this to people all the time. Like if you're waiting for a partner to change your mind, you're going to be waiting because it's not it has nothing to do with that. Nothing. That makes me also think about Uno reversing it. Like if someone were to think, oh, you wouldn't post these things if you were single. Like, well, why would I want to attract a life partner who I couldn't be my full self around? 100%. Who I couldn't show, like I have stretch marks, I have hairy arms, I have whatever it is. Like, why would I want to attract someone into my life and not feel like they would be attracted exactly. by me at all times? Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like, obviously I'm not, I can't, and I will never speak to what it's like to date I didn't have to do any of that. We talked on MSN. That was how we dated. Like we don't, we didn't have any of that. I didn't have to sift through that, but I know how fulfilling my relationship is because it's not based on any of those things. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where at the end of the day, regardless of how you want to attract a partner or not, he is my best friend first. Yeah. My partner second. And then we go through life that way. And people will say this all the time. He's only, it's like, oh, he's fetished with fat women or like he, just the things that people say. And I'm just like, what if he's not going to look like this all of the time? He didn't look like this when I started dating him when he was 16 years old. Like I could care less. Yes, I talk about it because that's how the internet works. And I know that that's what's going to get me views when we have conversations about it. But that's not, has the least interesting thing about him is his body. But I know that if I put it out there, it's going to open up a conversation that we can start having about like how unfair it is that we only view people that way. We're very different, the two of us. And I'm 
more confident in myself than he is of himself. And like people all the time will be like, really? And I'm like, yeah, because confidence doesn't come from how you look on the outside. Like, I don't know how to explain that to you. Like, it's sincerely not just that. Like, you have to love yourself. It's funny you say that. I'm where Max and I are kind of different. Like, I'll say I said this another day. I'm like, when we first started dating and like, I would also love to end this getting a little spicy with you because I kind of want to talk about intimacy and confidence. Yeah. So but like when Max and I first got intimate, this man, like just whatever, like lights are on. He's like, I'm looking at a guy's like a butt and no guy's butt are really that like it's like, <laughs> it's a man's butt. OK, he, just like no shame. Like and meanwhile, I'm like, am I a hairless kitten? Am I is every little, are my boobs this? Am I like everything has to be, because as women, we've been told like our bodies have to be the certain way. And I just feel like I've seen through Max this like this, I don't give a fuck mentality about his body. Not he, not that he doesn't. I know what you mean. Like yeah. it, not a, like it, that stuff doesn't make them insecure. Right. In our relationship, at least like at that level, like it's a lot of me. And like for a while I was like kind of putting the blame on him a little bit of like, you should make me feel sexier. You should make me feel a little bit more this. And then that was like a narrative for like probably two years. And then I recently was like, oh, fuck, it's me. (laughs) It's me who doesn't feel sexy. It's me who doesn't feel confident. And that's my own thing with my body because he he's he loves it. There's a big difference between feeling sexy and feeling desired. And I think that that's really important because your partners can make you feel desired but they can't make you feel sexy. Like they can't genuinely can't give you that. So like they can make you feel desired, whether that whatever that looks like for you, whether that's like flowers or sweet note or the way they like reach for you or touch you. They are the in control of making you feel desired. But feeling sexy, like it doesn't really matter what you do. Some days I'm just not going to feel it. But I think, too, for me, little things when you're learning to like love your body, I mean, also realizing like when you say like men don't have this don't give a fuck mentality, he also just doesn't give a fuck about my body either. And I think that that's so powerful when it comes to like intimacy. They genuinely just want to be intimate with the person that they love. They're not looking at that. They're right. not interested in that type of thing. So I think to like that ignorance that that he has to that thing makes me feel more comfortable because I don't have to overanalyze certain things and still will struggle with certain things. And there'll be certain things that I'll say that I care about. And he'll be like, I don't care. Like that's, and let's make that clear. Like whether it's like we've been out for a long day and I feel like I need to shower or like, I feel like I need like just little things like that. He'll be like, but that doesn't like, that doesn't bother me. Like that's not a thing Like you don't have to, it doesn't have to be that like, cute kitten like yeah yeah yeah. you don't have to be like super fresh and ready to go yeah I also think too I like to think about how there's literally not a thing that Max could do have look like that I would not love him with all my heart and soul and I think I think the other night we were talking about this I was just like like I know if I got like vilely sick and was like vomiting and like had diarrhea like Max would like take care of me and clean everything up and like I'm like why do I know that about him? Yeah, I can't feel confident, like yeah. really walking out in like lingerie with no diarrhea in sight. Like <laughs> I got my, I got, um, I had a tooth infection and I had to get a molar pulled. And after they gave me a drug, like a T3 or something to take, which can be pretty hard on your stomach. Mind you, I had only been eating fucking Alpha Getty and like fudgesicles for like three days because it's all I could stomach and eat. So I get home, I take the T3, I'm, I'm feeling good. Everything's great. I stand up. I power puke over the entire living room. And I mean, I could have just stopped moving, but I just kept trying to get it to the bathroom. I power puked everywhere. And then Scott comes around the corner and I was like, I puked everywhere. (laughs) I'm sobbing. And he's, I go in, I get changed because I genuinely mean I puked everywhere, like all over myself, all over the floor. The visual I have is so hilarious. Oh my God. I, I didn't know what was happening. I, it's very rarely... That you puke and not know what's happening. Like, whether it's like you went out and drank the night before, you know it's coming. I just, it didn't, I had no idea. So I like, I was like the epitome of like this defenseless, like, I don't (laughs) know. It was like it attacked your body in that moment. And I know how much he hates that stuff. I know how much he hates stuff. stuff. And I came around the corner and he was cleaning out my puke. And I was like, I don't think I could possibly love you more than I love you in this exact (laughs) moment. But yeah, like they don't, 
they don't care. So like, if you can clean up my puke one minute, but then also think I'm cute the next minute, then we're, I mean, I guess you're worse in this forever. So, so true. Oh gosh. Well, sitting here now, like with everything that you've been through, having the ability to reflect with all the things coming up, what are your like non-negotiables, like super important things for you to make sure you're keeping your relationship with your body and yourself where you want it? Oh, oh my gosh. What a great question. For me right now, it's my mental health. And when you're talking about your relationship with your body, people genuinely don't understand that your mental health wholeheartedly impacts that. If you're not good with your mental health, that impacts your whole entire life. And often when we talk about having bad body days and we talk about those things, it typically starts with our brain. It doesn't, it's never our body's fault. It's we didn't eat enough food the day before, or we had a tough conversation with somebody, or we're we're sick. We didn't drink enough water. We didn't nourish yourself. So I think right now for me, it's my mental health and managing this for the first time, like seasonal depression and just figuring out what that looks like for me. Keeping my body moving. I'm just a better person when I move my body. I'm nicer to everybody around me. And I think that that's really important. And then just literally things like learning to set boundaries. This is the most consistent that I've been with movement in a very long time. And I know my body is going to change and has been changing. So just setting boundaries with myself on what that looks like and how I measure my success and making sure that I'm keeping it as measurables that aren't a number on a scale that Mm -hmm. aren't the size of my clothes and um, staying away from body comments on the internet because I think too like that's where I'm at with it like my body is changing but then I'll hop on line and someone will be like oh no you're gonna lose weight and it's gonna be skinny again or oh no you're getting fatter or or no and it's just like I need to like that's a boundary of mine right now is that I'm blocking and deleting those comments because I can't be reading them on a regular basis. Yeah. But yeah, mental health first, continuing my movement with my body and then just making sure that as my body continues to like change and grow that I'm sticking to those measurables that keep me like proud of my body and mm-hmm. not trying to shrink my body. Yeah, that's so that I feel like that's such a common thing. And like I'm relating to that personally as well with just trying to work out more but making sure that it doesn't become quickly what it used to become. Like, and I hate, like I'll be, I do Peloton sometimes and there's like, there's the miles, the versus, and then there's the calorie number. And I'm like, why is that there? Can we turn it off? Like, and I'm not looking at it, but then sometimes I see it and then I'm like, and then I have to stop my train of thought from happening there. Yeah. So I definitely resonate with wanting to get back into exercise, but also having to keep yourself in check and being maintaining really high Mm self-awareness. I don't choose like I think too like people don't understand that if you just choose what you love you'll have longevity in it like Mm -hmm. if you like doing it you're going to want to continue to do it and I think there's such a bad like narrative around fitness is because people are choosing things they don't like doing. Well, they, they've been told fitness is what you do when you hate yourself. Yes. Fitness is what you do to change everything about yourself. To move, change your body, to make it smaller, to like fit these beauty standards when it's like, no, like I want to be able to carry my nephew. Like I want to be able to get up and down with him and do all of the things that he wants to do. Like there's so much more to being just thin that that isn't encapsulated in why I move my body and then genuinely like I feel better my my head feels better everything feels better when I'm moving and there's so much science behind that and like what it does for our stress and for our yeah like I don't do cardio that's the biggest yeah I don't do cardio and I think this is an important conversation because I'll post like my strength training workouts online and people will be like oh but like where's your cardio and I'm like I don't know not here like I warm I do a 10 minute not invited not in this conversation I do a 10 minute warm-up and like maybe a cool down but like I'm was struggling on a treadmill on an incline fucking trying to stay in fat burn mode and to lose weight I never want to do that ever again it was the worst part of moving my body yeah I can walk outside and if I can want to do my cardio I'll find other cooler ways to do it but you won't catch me talking about my cardio workout just because I'm just not that's just not where I'm at with it some people love running and I'm not saying that those things aren't great but for me it's just not a part of the conversation because that's where I spent the most of my time trying to shrink my body yeah and that's where my brain gets into those cycles like you said with Peloton and thinking calories and numbers yeah when I'm strength training I don't see any of those things I'm so glad that you have like once again the awareness of like okay I want to pursue movement but this is movement that's probably not going to work for me yeah at this stage in life 
Alicia, you're just better in person. <laughs> Except for my full-blown sob fest. No, are you kidding? I literally loved it. Like, I love it so much. And I want to thank you for being so honest and open on the podcast. And to your point, like, can your grief impact yeah. or scare someone it's else into loving sad, your life? Guys. And I really think it will. I think there's... I. I would bet my life there is at least one person, which is a life change, probably more, who are like, fuck yeah, yeah, fuck that. It's terrifying. Get me to the beach right now. (laughs) Go buy the bathing suit. Go spend the time with the people you love. And like genuinely, I think too, like my biggest piece of advice for people when they're learning this and if you don't want grief is ask yourself why you're saying no when you say no to things. And like, if I leave you with anything, it's that. Are you saying no because you're uncomfortable with your body? Are you saying no because it's not an activity that's going to fill your cup? That's valid. Are you saying no because you need to protect your mental health? That's important. But if you're saying no because of how you look, like reevaluate that. Thank you so much. Thank you're you the for best. having I've me. I've loved having you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.